You're listening to Early Learning Review Radio. I'm Patrick Avenal and I'm the news editor for Early Learning Review. Stephanie Gottlieb is the Chief Executive Officer of Children and Young People with Disability Australia, CYDA. Following Senator Pauline Hanson's comments in Parliament questioning the efficacy of mainstreaming kids with autism in preschool and school, Gottlieb joined Early Learning Review to explicate her views. I started by asking for an overview of her thoughts on this issue. There's a very clear evidence base that inclusive education is um, has benefits over and above um, segregated um, uh, segregated schools um, for students with and without disabilities. So her comments yesterday were ignorant, ill-informed, offensive, um, and ableist. Why, why do you think some people form these views about uh, kids with autism spectrum disorders going through mainstream schools? So, why do I think what? Sorry. How, how do you think people arrive at these views? You have very strident opposition to them. There must be uh, a, a something feeding the views. You know, look, I think, I mean, and, and I'm not saying kids with disabilities don't learn in segregated education because they do, but it's very clear that inclusive education is best practice. There's no evidence through time that says segregated education is um, a better um, has better outcomes for students with disability at all. So, but what we see at the moment is we've got a system which side you'd see from our work, um, which is in crisis for students with disability. We've got an underfunded, um, inadequate education system that is failing students with disability. So, alongside that, we've also got a service system that has traditionally been very poor and is growing now with the implementation of the National Disability Insurance Scheme. So, we have a system that is not adequately meeting the needs of students with disability. We're not providing, um, we're not meeting, it's not capable at the moment of adequately meeting the needs of students with disability at all. So, people think that, you know, we've got this this position through time that what you do is you separate people with disability. It's not based on any evidence. Um, It's based on segregation and it's similar to apartheid, you know. So we've seen, you know, that's been been what we've done and we've also that paralleled with a system in crisis where we see routinely poor education outcomes um, and experiences by students with disability along with an increase in... um, uh, uh, concerns because kids with disability aren't engaged often in their learning. Um, often we see ex, um, exacerbation of um, uh, behaviour support needs um, because we've got an inadequate system. But the system, but the answer isn't just to segregate children with disability. That would that's not the best outcome at all. The best outcome is, and we've also got a rights imperative here. So students, so Australia is very is a signatory to the Convention of the Rights of People with Disability, which has a very, uh, which has an article in it which affords every child the right to an inclusive education. Um, but so the answer is not just to separate kids with disability. We've actually got a, a, a obligation to ensure that we um, uh, enrich our system and do the reform needed to ensure that kids with disability can access. Um, access and participate and be valued learners in our present education system. If you had an unlimited budget to enact changes, what are some changes that you would make straight away? Uh, an unconditional budget? Yeah. So what, what, what's um, on your wish list? 
Okay. Well, we would look at um, uh, teacher training, um, looking at some research as to what is best, what is evidence based. Looking at how we're going to do modifications, what's best modifications. Looking at better access to allied health to inform education programs. Looking at better resources within schools, um, and looking at um, uh, better behaviour support for students for all students, um, and also looking looking at um, the uh, ceasing of restraint and seclusion as, as um, interventions for students with disabilities, and really importantly, looking at the culture of schools. So we've got a culture within schools, but also in the wider community of low expectations for students with disabilities. Um, you know, we often see that students with disability aren't afforded the status of learners. So we have very um, common assumptions that students with disability can't learn. You know, what's the value of students with disability? Really common assumptions of low expectations. So it's around what students can't do rather than what they can do and a strength-based model. So that needs some really um, uh, considered work within the system about how we're going to address the culture of low, the systemic culture of low expectations within schools. If the parents, I mean, the other thing that I think is really sure. important is around um, uh, leadership mentoring as well. So what we know from our from our um, considerable experience is that when we have a, um, a competent principal who is very invested and very of of the view that students with disability enrich uh, enrich the school that has a very significant impact on school culture and school practice. So that's a really important um, aspect that we need to um, to extend, uh, need to focus on in the future. If the parent of uh, a young child that uh, did not have uh, autism spectrum disorder uh, said that uh, he or she was concerned about uh, having their student in the same class as someone with autism spectrum disorder, what would you say to convince them or to reassure them that it was the best thing for all for both kids? I think it's a ma- I mean I think it's a matter of addressing what that what that concerns are. So if it's around uh, resourcing, you know, some people are, are scared about the 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 they'll catch disability. You know, so we've got sort of a variety of um, of ill-informed concerns that people have. So it's, I think it's around speaking with, with individuals about what their concerns are. What's the basis for the concern? Is it is it that there's not enough support within the classroom? Is it, is it around, you know, particular behaviours? So it just it's really important to have this discourse, this, these discussions with families about what their, what their concerns may be. You know, is it a... Yeah, so that's what it is. And then it's around how the school will support not only the child with a disability, but we'll ensure that we've got universal, you know, um, uh, universal um, um, things happening within school settings to ensure that the school uh, that there's benefits for all kids. You know, the other thing, the other side of that discussion that I would have is around talking with families about what um, uh, what the benefits are for what we know through research, so it's not just me saying it, um, what we know through research about what the benefits are for of inclusive education for all kids, so those without disability as well. And they're very clear in, all, in a number of different domains, so it's social, academic, um, behavioural, uh, so very clear kind of benefits around what, what, what 
um, what the strengths are of an inclusive education system for of students with disability. So they the, I think they I don't I don't shy away from those discussions, and I think it's real. You know, I think you know. Um, although I'm absolutely appalled at, at Senator Hanson's comments, I think it's it's good that we're actually having this discourse because you know certainly when it's not these comments aren't aren't um, unfamiliar to us as an organisation at all. You know, we see, you know, any kind of, have a look back when we've had any article in, in the media that we've quoted on, you'll see numerous, hundreds of comments similar to Senator, the Senator's comments. You know, so, that it's, I, so I think it's a discussion that we need to have because ableism is alive and well in Australia. Now, just quickly, do you think it's best to start kids with disability young in mainstreaming, like in preschool and kindergarten? Mm, I do. I do. I do. Um, and because, you know, very, we, I mean, this sends very powerful messages about, I mean, if you look at the history of disability, you know, we've seen disability being seen as something to be ashamed of. So, you know, in, in some communities, still not Australia, but, you know, you see uh, students with, um, kids with disability hidden, hidden, um, shunned, killed, you know. So, you know, then we've gone to it about this medical model about kids with disability are something to be fixed, you know, something to be cured, you know, very much in that charity model. Now we understand disability and it should be understood as a welcome part of the diversity within the community, you know, where students with kids with disability bring great strength, their support needs, but they bring great strength and it's a welcome part of diversity. So what we want from a very early age where, where, where children start doing their cult, you know, kind of culture preferencing, which happens quite young, is, is that as your experience. We've got one in five people with disability in the community. We don't, the answer is not just to separate and uh, segregate and exclude people with disability. That needs to be part of a, that, it's a usual experience. We don't do that with other, with other uh, aspects of diversity in the community. So why is it acceptable? So we need to start doing that from a very young age. And kids, you know, kids, um, it builds a positive understanding about disability. So we need to start doing that um, for other kids without disability. But for kids with disability, about their sense of belonging and their rights and their their right to childhood as well. I mean, they're a child first. They're not just a disability. You know, that's why we need to, it needs to be from day one that we have inclusion of children with disability.